welcome to today's edition of the Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, the Bradley Hall. All right, welcome back. Today, my guest is fellow NPE Sherry Lewick. Sherry is a best-selling international author, a workshop facilitator, a transformational impact coach, creator of Mind Miracles, and the founder of Bridges to Bravery. And she's here today to talk about her NPE experience, but most importantly, to talk about her shocking discovery of her biological father's true identity. And we're, we're grateful to have Sherry with us today. But first, I just wanted to say thank you. Whether you're watching or you're listening, we certainly appreciate your support. We'd like to ask you for your help to please share on social media and with someone you know that, that um, may be interested. For more information on what I do and how to work with me, please visit my website at www.thebradleyhall.com. So, The Bradley Hall Show Live, and my guest is Sherry Lewick. And thank you for joining me, Sherry. We have been trying to do this for about a year, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Although who knows how much time has passed, right? This has been uh, months of Groundhog Day and upheaval. So, yeah, yeah. it could be it could be a year. <laughs> yeah, it has been it has been a long, long, long year for sure. So, okay, so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we could finally make this work. And um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> you know, I love to talk about other people, not myself. Um, okay. Well, wait, that sounded wrong. I don't really like to talk about <laughs> wait, that sounds... Hold on. Okay. That's that from the record. Gotcha. <laughs> so I love to talk and listen to hear about other people a lot more than I like to talk about myself. Um, but in a what kind of a synopsis do you want? Whatever, whatever you want people to know about you. Okay. So, um, I just didn't know if you wanted it all NPE or if you want. No, 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 not necessarily. I mean, we have so, a lot of NPEs here that are checking in to hear your story, but great. I, I, I know there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot more to your story. And oh, I, I have I, a lot, I have a long story. Um, cliff notes and I don't get along well. I, there's no, there's no short story out of my mouth. So, um, what can I say is I, um, I spent 20 plus years as a sales executive and enterprise sales and rose and broke records and climbed ladders and all of that good stuff, broke ceilings and left quite a few uh, shards in my wake and uh, wrote a book called My Skeletons Have Names, which tells a lot of the trauma and overcoming and transformation that took place in my life. And um, today I am a happily uh, successful transformational impact coach and facilitator. And I run workshops and work with people that are neurodiverse, um, HSP, which is a highly sensitive person, and high uh, high achievers, um, visionaries, high achieving visionaries, and um, an executive advisor. So I have all kinds of stuff. I'm a mom of three. Kids are grown, grown and flown, and uh, life's wonderful. Okay. All right. 
So you contacted me about a year ago. I did. Yeah. And it was shortly after your NPE discovery, right? Um, I think my NPE discovery is now uh, three, almost four years. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was relatively new. When um, we had... I was just really starting to deal with it. Okay. Um, I think, I think what happened um, actually is my discovery happened almost four years ago. Uh, it was September actually four years ago. So really close to four years. Um, but learning who, what, where, why, and when happened when I contacted you. Okay. I had recently found out the who, what, why, where, and when story from my paternal side. You want to you want to run down your discovery real um, quick? Sure. So, I mean, I think like most of us who find out that our parental uh, origins are not what we believed them to be, uh, probably had some inkling early on that that was the case, and I know for me that was certainly true, and. Because why? Because we don't fit in. We don't, we don't look, yeah. sound, act, and somebody treats us differently. And there's just something going on. And um, certainly for me, that was the case. And I got really forceful about it when I was about nine years old. And my parents sent me to a psychiatrist because I was just too much for them. I was too intense. I was too this, too that and a lot of excitabilities and really i was hell-bent on the idea that my dad wasn't my dad and so they sent me a psychiatrist and they denied it and um you know we found out i was gifted and some other great things but that never answered that question right so i sort of just left it aside and then shortly after my 50th birthday that's why I know how many years ago it was. Oh, well, that's actually a lot longer because I'll be 56 next month. Oh, so it's actually been almost six years that I found out. Well, happy early but, birthday. But it's been only two years um, that I've known who my biological father okay. was. Okay. So um, my mother was visiting me and we were sitting having breakfast. She was getting ready to go on a plane and go back home. And she said, you know, there's something I've been wanting to talk to you about all weekend, but I haven't really known how, and I wasn't sure how you'd react. And so I guess I just need to tell you now. And, you know, what does anybody think? I thought, okay, who's dying? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, okay. So I, of course I said to her, I said, oh, you have cancer. What's going on? Like, are you dying? Is is Ed dying? That's my stepdad. My sister had died a few years earlier and not years, months earlier. And um, I just thought for sure, you know, what what don't you know how to talk to me about? Like you've never held back any punches before. Right, right. You know, and she says, well, you know, there's a 50-50 chance that your father's not your father. And holy shit, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, 
I was angry. Yeah, well, rightfully so. You know, I was angry. And I think that I was also in shock. Yeah, also understandable. I know there's a lot of people who are going to, are watching this and going to watch this is certainly can sympathize with both those things. And I think after a few, I, I, the F bomb, the F word, right. Um, happens to be my favorite word in all of the English vocabulary, because (laughs) it's an adjective, it's a verb, it's a, it just can be used for everything. And so, you know, um, after a few explicitives, (laughs) I asked her, uh, you know, what the hell she was talking about. Not so nicely, but, uh, and she told me, and I said, I just don't understand, right? Like, come on, I have three kids. Like, you never thought along the way, like, it might be important. You know, I have a son who has MS. Like, there's there's things. There's just things that don't you think there would have been a time? Or how about when I was nine and I was convinced that you sent me to see a right. psychiatrist? Like, you've had a lot of time, 41 years to come clean. <laughs> like, what the hell? And so she came up with a story, and I don't know if it's true or not. Okay, I, I just, I don't know, I'll never know. Um, but the story goes, my dad, my the, the guy I called dad knew. Okay. And I, so, so now I'm really pissed, right? Because right. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. And so I said, you're lying. She goes, no, he knows. I go, okay, I'm calling him. So I called him and um, he said, well, he got, I said, mom just told me the craziest story. <laughs> now, are they still, still married? No. Okay. And uh, don't talk. I mean, you know, nothing. And um, he says, oh, really? What's that? And I told him and he, I said, but she says, you know, he says, well, he goes, there was this time when she was pregnant that, that we talked about it. But, you know, I just have never thought. I'm just floored. Yeah. Okay. So then I asked who else knew. And I guess my younger sister who had recently died knew. And Like, why am I the last to know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, really? Right. Like, yeah. You know, and so in my shock i asked if you know my dad would be willing to take a dna test and of course he said well you know four years ago i asked you to do that on 23andme and you just never really wanted to so my dna is already in the database take a test so i have to say that i'm glad i didn't take the test when he asked me to okay because this is never something you're ready to learn. Right. Right. And at least I was given an inkling of information. You know, I I had a reason to look, to ask. Um, Hindsight tells me I wish I wouldn't have taken the DNA test. I would have liked to keep the genie in the bottle, but you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. That You are absolutely correct about that. But 
you know. Go ahead. We'll come back to that. No, ask me the question. Well, I just, I, th this is something that comes up a lot. Uh, I work with a lot of NPEs and, <clears throat> and it's that whole, would you, would you really not want to know? And that, have you given that a lot of thought? I've given it a lot of thought. And I work with NPEs too, um, probably a little differently than you do. But, um, and I've talked to quite a few since talking to you. I think you were one of the very first I had ever talked to. Really? And yeah, I, if not the first. And um, hmm. so, yeah, I've given it a lot of thought. Had my story ended up having a different outcome, I know the answer is, I'm glad the genie's out of the bottle. Um, I can't go back and put it in the bottle, so I don't know what would be different, really. Um, I have a lot of insight as to who I am and why I am and what I am and who I look like. and. Um, some really interesting things. Um, but I also have a lot of anger around that. Yeah. And so uh, it doesn't come up as often as it did when I first learned. Um, I've done so much healing around it. Good. But I still get angry. Yeah. And that's Pretty a healthy sure. emotion, right? And so... Um, I'm angry at my biological father for the fraud that he is. Do you want to go into that or no? I could care less. Do you want me to? <laughs> um, I, 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 I just want you to, I, I, whatever you share, I want you to be comfortable sharing. Oh, I'm comfortable with the whole thing. So that I'm okay. a heel, like, Hey, like I'm good. I don't have. Okay. Yeah, so I was one of the fortunate ones who actually got that message that, hey, your results are ready after that six weeks of hell, yeah. <laughs> waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and getting the results and being convinced that there was something wrong and that, you know, the fact that I had only one match over 20% couldn't be right. <laughs> You know, yeah. something was definitely wrong because my dad was in there and his, you know, niece was in there and I got to have some relatives somewhere. This cannot be right. Um, but there was one person that had over 20%, less than 30, which I didn't know at the time meant I had a sibling. Right. <laughs> and so um, I sent a message just saying, hey, do you know how we're related? And of course he says, I don't know my mother's side of the family that well, and blah, 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 blah. And I started asking questions. And within about five minutes, I knew that his father was my father. Okay. And when you say that within five minutes you knew, was it? We were, we were messaging back and forth and I just asked him a question. Where did your dad go to college? Okay. And he said, and Penn State, and okay. I went, bingo. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. And, and I said, oh, really? I right? said, I go, really? I go, he must have had you when he was really old. And he goes, yeah, he, I, he was a lot older than my mother. And because he, he had said that he was there around 1964. I was born in 65. Okay. Well, then he ghosted me. It was like a bad dating app. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, oh, my God. So then he ghosted me. And that's why it took so long for me to find out who the genes belonged to, <laughs> who left their genes yeah. in my room, right? And so um, I went through that whole... I really want to say, I mean, it was torture. Yeah. It was torture because now I knew I had a half brother and I couldn't understand why he wouldn't want to know anything about me. Yeah. Okay. And I also knew that if he's my half brother, he definitely went to his father. Right. Cause like, what do we do? We're human. Right. Hey dad, this crazy chick. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Told me that you're that you're her dad. Like, what the hell's going on? Right, like you know that happened, and so I was really, really angry. And then I found a DNA angel who said, "Hey, let me see if I can help you." Within 24 hours, she said to me, "Can you send me a picture of you at three? I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right." That's a weird request. Well, so okay. I thought so too. I said, that's a weird request. That's exactly what I said. And <laughs> she said, she said, it's really interesting. She says, if I find, a, I, if I compare a picture of the parent at the age they had you and a picture of you at three, you can see if you look alike. Wow. I've never heard that before. And I, I, I should share the picture with you. Um, it's a spitting image. Wow. It freaked me out. Okay. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like, yeah. I, I, I have never heard that before. That's, that's fascinating to me. And she actually, she actually does this for people. And I wasn't the first one. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. I'm not the last one. And the picture is, I mean, it's really like, my Southern California, like, oh my God. Um, it's really, it, there was no denying that man was my father. Let's just leave it there. Okay. Yeah. And I was excited. I had answers. My whole life suddenly made sense. Now I'm going to. Isn't that, a, isn't that amazing? When, when that final puzzle piece comes together, that everything seems, and, and putting aside the, the anger and the confusion and, and all those conflicting emotions, just that relief that everything finally makes sense. There, it, it's hard to explain, it, and people can't grasp it until they've experienced it, but it's an amazing feeling. It really is. They can't grasp. I can't grasp it, and I went through it. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. And, and, you know, I think the things that we hear, right, is, yeah, but it doesn't change anything. Your dad's it changes everything. Right. Like, stop minimizing my experience with your bullcrap, okay? Right. Like, it changes everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I tell the story often that I, I, I have a very good friend of mine. He's a very good friend of mine. And the first thing he said was, well, your dad's still your dad. And he was trying to make me feel better. I, that's all it is. They're just and, trying, but right. It doesn't. But it makes you feel they just worse. don't. They just don't get it. They just, and they can't. And and I and I give them space for. I mean, I understand that. I at, I at first too. I wasn't that way, but now I just know that they don't have the information that I have. They never will have the information, probably. I um, hope not. Like yeah. I don't want any. I wish. I don't wish this on anyone. <laughs> yeah. Like I just don't wish it on anyone. Yeah, and yeah. um and i've talked to people who have been adopted and found out who their birth parents were and all of that you know their biological parents were not the families that raised them and their experience is a little different because they knew they were adopted right they, right. they didn't grow up with a lie and a false identity and i think that it's that lie and that false identity that we've always questioned our whole lives that suddenly that loop gets closed and it's like aha yeah. Right. It's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But here's the skinny, right? You find out that person, then you go, <laughs> and that's the right. It's like, what yeah. do I do now? And so, okay, so we know who he is. Let's take a look. So, what do you do? You go to investigator Google and you check it out, right? Right. Dr. Google, investigator Google, whichever version you need, and you go in and lo and behold, here he is. Okay, and Alan Rubin. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy is the foremost researcher in social work for childhood trauma. Wow. He's written over 150 books, and anybody who has a sociology degree and a master's, sorry, master's in social work, has read his books because he's the one who blah, blah, blah. He's the highest ranking uh, professor, retired-ish, um, you know, where Brene Brown got her sociology degree, okay? So okay. pretty sure that's his, her mentor. Wow. So I go, okay, well, this is pretty cool. Let's Let's reach out to him. So I emailed him and a couple days went by and I got a response. And the response was, I knew a couple years ago when you found David, you'd eventually show up. Mother, what wow. a jerk. Really, what a jerk. So I was right, you know, the brother went and said, hey dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they just hoped I'd never find him. I mean, I just think that's shitty. Yeah, I yeah, I I, I have to agree with you. You know, I, I really do. I I just don't. And and I, even even in my opinion, and you, I'm sure you'll agree with this. That even even just a phone call or an email telling you to go jump off a bridge don't bother me anymore. It is something. It's it's some, and I think that's what most people want. They just want some kind of acknowledgement. Respect, like how how disrespectful. Like right. it's okay, you couldn't keep your penis in your pants, right? Like yeah, do you yeah. say penis on live t you uh, live can. Facebook? It, it, we, we just said it twice. Um, <laughs> it's I couldn't say some of the other things people call it, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, you could, but we shouldn't. Yeah, 
but that's just that's what it is right and right, so right. so okay so you couldn't keep it in your pants and here's this 50 year old plus being that's lived an exceptional life and you should at least acknowledge and tell me to jump in a lake like really yeah and as a mother i don't understand the mother either his wife like i don't understand it at all but i'm a different cut and i always have been right and i used to like to think that that cut came from that side of the family <laughs> um but i don't know where it comes from so anyhow we had a couple of dialogues and he told me you know oh you know i'm happy to let you get to know me but you know i'm an old man and i don't need my life disrupted by this and i've you know this 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 and this and I have a daughter, my oldest is a daughter, and her mental health can't take finding out about you. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest. <laughs> okay, so I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest, and she's going to find out about me one day. So why don't you do the mature thing and let her know? Yeah. Okay, well, he didn't, and then he was kind of an ass, and then I wrote him kind of a nasty asshole response. And pretty much said, apparently the story my mother told me about my conception is real. Okay, because I can't think of any other reason why you would treat me like this. Except for you're embarrassed about your behavior that night. I said, that's the only thing I can imagine. And it's really a shame. And, you know... And I shared, he wanted to see pictures of my kids and pictures of me when I was younger. And I shared all that, you know, and he goes, oh, you're obviously looking for a daddy. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm in my fifties. I don't want a daddy. Okay. Like, no, but I'd like to know what some of your characteristics are, what some of your mannerisms are. I'd like to know my half siblings. I don't have any siblings. Yeah. I'd love to know my, my two boys look exactly like my half brother, my middle the middle one. And my my middle son's name is his middle son's name. We, they both have the name Josh. There's some weird stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. And that's not uncommon. I mean, that is no. Okay. Yeah. And so they've all ghosted me. But the one sister, one of his sisters died. So an aunt died. And another sister is an, an author and has written books, all three of them social workers. Okay. okay. But she had written a book about the family. So she told me, hey, read this book, which of course I immediately read and I learned all about the history. And that's, uh, that's cool, right? It's bothersome and cool. Yeah. I have more information than a lot of people would get. Yeah. Okay. Um, that family, that side of the family and my birth certificate father's side of the family all grew up in the same area in Russia and all immigrated at the same time to Pittsburgh. And my father that raised me remembers going to my biological father's parents' store to shop for garments. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's, so I learned that in the book and I asked my dad questions, right? I mean, there's some weird, there's just some weird little weird things. And, um, and that aunt was happy to get to know me. And she's like, oh, you have cousins. Like it's a huge family. And I grew up with no cousins. Like 
I'd have no family, right? And they're a huge family. And she says, I can't wait for you to meet this person and this person and this person. And as soon as Alan said, and oh, my birth certificate father's name is Alan also, by the way. And so when Alan said, you know, no, I don't want anything to do with you. Leah said, I'm sorry, this is Alan's request. The half brothers, this half, everybody cut me off. Wow. Locked me from everything, cut me off. And That's unfortunate. Um, so I have, so I have some anger because it's like, here's a man who should understand and be compassionate and doing the right thing just by his training and by his freaking research and like he could really make a huge impact and help change the world by the discovery of me. Yeah, he really all could. People like us, like he's in a position where he could help us. Do you think he'd right? want to come on my podcast? You Probably should try. not. <laughs> Reach out to him. It's Alan Rubin at the University of Texas. You can get to him in a heartbeat. Yeah. He answered my email through that email. <laughs> he's 75 years old. Reach out to him. He lives in Austin. You know, and... A lot of times we see this a lot with it creates conflict and it happens with the birth father. Uh, it happens, it happens with the mother as well uh, with, you know, sometimes with the mother where because of the secret, they, they carve the family right down the middle and then people are caught, you know, your half siblings are now caught in the middle of this and they have to choose loyalty and and they may they may gleefully choose it. I'm not saying that they're the victim here. I'm just saying that the circumstantial they have to choose a side, and obviously they're probably going to choose the one that they know. But you know, there's a possibility that that will change. Are you are you open to having a relationship with them eventually on down the road? I'm waiting for him to die. <laughs> and that I mean, may be what horrible, it takes. Right? That sounds horrible. But yeah. I mean. One of the things that I realize, and a lot of it has to do with my training, right? And the trauma that we experience as NPEs is huge. Yeah, it really is. Okay. And, 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 and underrated. I mean, people don't know. Yeah. And if you had trauma along the way, <laughs> Right. Right. Um, that could trigger a whole series of stuff that maybe has been dealt with. Right. And so right. like I have CPTSD, I'm as healed from it as I'll ever be. Okay. But that means it's complex and it's always, I mean, it's always there. It's just, how does it manifest itself? Right. I don't have the problems I used to have from it, but this was a big deal. And once in a while, this will create a different set of triggers that will send me into um, isolation. Uh, because, you know, we all kind of struggle with imposter syndrome anyway, you know, not being good enough, not, not thinking anybody really wants us or wants to see us or that we're not smart enough. Or, I mean, just add them all in. We all not lovable, you know, throw them in there. And 
if this doesn't make it, <laughs> I mean, this accentuates it like on a whole nother level. Yeah. Well, it's it's complete identity identity disruption, and and, and more so than disruption. I I, I, I really I, like that. I, I'm going to write that down. That's a great. I never really thought of it like that. Identity disruption. Yeah, and I have I have I have some stuff I'll, I'll share with you. One of my uh, colleagues, uh, Doctor Paulette Bethel, has a, an NPE identity disruption model that she created. Uh, with the help of uh, Bobby Parrish, who is the founder of the uh, International Association of Trauma Recovery Coaching. Um, But in the lectures that I give around the identity disruption, it's more like half the foundation of the house was just blown off. It's just gone. Uh, and, And it takes a lot of work to reconstruct, reconstruct it and then reconcile. So you have to put all the pieces back together then you have to learn to live with it. And it is a long, we're, we're, we're seeing, it is a long psychological process to make that happen. So it's really interesting. So I'm a trained rapid resolution therapist and, um, John Connolly developed rapid resolution therapy, I don't know, 30, 35 years ago. And through that process, I actually resolved it very quickly. Okay. And what that means is it no longer had power over me. Not that I stopped thinking about it. I wish that was, I wish we could do that with all trauma, right? I've had so much trauma in my life, but change. It no longer had control over me, no longer really affected me. Although I still have that voice sometimes over here, right? That every once in a while, it doesn't control me. It's just like, you know, Um, and I know where it comes from, but that doesn't make it any better. Right. Right. And, but you're, I think that that is such a great way of explaining it, Bradley, is it's like half the house got blown up and my mother doesn't, oh, how do we forget about my mom? I don't know. Tell my me. My mom's an NPE. Now, that is not uncommon either. We're finding Wait, out. this holy cow. Okay. So, strap strap on your on your seatbelt cuz here we okay. go. Okay. Right. So, my mom's an NPE. So, I get this discovery. And it tells me that I'm black. Okay. Okay. Now, anybody who's looking at me says, you don't look black. Um, Whatever black looks like today anyway, right? But my mom looks black. (laughs) But she was raised as a white Jewish girl. And so she always felt like something was wrong with her. And she was the outsider. And, you know, when they, when they went, we were going to, they were going to move to Charlotte when she was a kid. And um, my grandpa was told, you know, your girl has to go to the back of the bus and all that stuff, right? Yeah. And so I called my mom up when I got the results and I said, well, I can confirm that dad's not my dad. And she goes, oh, okay, well, at least now we know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Adios, like cold. Anyhow, um, I said, but even more interesting, did you know that you're from Africa? She goes, I am so sick of that story. Why does everybody tell me I'm black? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
so it gets really good. So I go, what are you talking about? This is DNA, okay? I go, there's no way I'm more than 20% black, which means I'm black, okay? Like, what do they say, more than 7%? I mean, I don't know. But it doesn't matter, okay? It's just, which means that, Mom, you're 50 for, okay, like, hello? Right. You're biracial. And she goes, no, maybe, you're, maybe your biological dad was black. I go, okay. Now the story is getting absurd because now not only are you going to tell me you don't remember who he is and you were raped, but he was now a black man that raped you and you couldn't remember what color he was. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I would remember if you're bald, if you have red. I've been raped. Like, I know what color hair he, his mustache was, okay? It was red with some gray in it. Like, you, you'd know if he was black or Asian. Like, those two things wouldn't escape you. So now I'm going, okay, now you're full of crap. Well, it caused her to go and do her own DNA. Okay. And her father was a white German. So. Right. <laughs> okay. So, so, and we found my father. So, I mean, Ma, you're black. Okay. There's no mistake here. And sure enough, she found her string of family and um, she's met some of the cousins from that side of the family. You know, they're all old, so there's nobody she can really verify any stories with because they're dead. You know, those people are dead. Yeah. Um, but she's met some cousins, and she knows from whence, you know, they all came. And she says to me, one day she's saying something to me and she goes, you just don't know what it's like to have been lied to your whole life and find out that, you know, your whole identity has been disrupted. Really? Okay. Tell me about that. No, we did not. It was not really tell me about that. That was not <laughs> the way that went. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I sure. I am not that kind and genteel. I just play that on TV. Um, did the point did you get I, her to see it? Did, did you get yeah. her to see? No. We never talk about it. We never, it's, it's a non, it's just a non, it's a, even when I wrote my book, she refused to read it. And I didn't even write that much about the NPE discovery. Mm -hmm. um, she just is in complete denial about the li life in general, I guess. She likes the life she created in her head. Yeah, well, we all do, but some you of know, us. That's the explosion of half the house yeah. is all I'm saying. Like, you're right. not kidding, like half the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, uh, anyway, so. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, I had, I've had two podcast interviews recently. Uh, with people who had also found out they were they were a different ethnicity, and um, that that is a different uh, that that's a, a that adds a different complexity to the whole thing, and it's more common than people realize. Yes, this what's blowing my mind about this whole thing. A lot of NPEs are finding out that their parents or that there are other NPEs in the family. It seems to be uh, something that um, that. I don't know the word I want to use anyway. And Tommy. yeah. And, and a lot of people are, um, are finding out that their, their ethnicity is completely different, which with like in your mom's case, um, 
it seems like, you know, people may look at your mother and, and be like, well, how could she not know? But, you know, and I talked about this a, a, a lot that we see what we want to see. And you kind of said it with your mom that she has this, she likes the life she's created in her head. And, and we, we all do, but some of us uh, had that completely ripped away from us. And then uh, we had no choice, but to, to look at something different, you know, which is what this experience has brought us. Well, yeah. And I think what's really interesting. So from the ethnicity part of it, right. Um, I feel deprived on both sides. Okay, yeah. so I feel betrayed, not just by the paternal side, but from the maternal side, too, because there's a whole lineage that didn't exist, that suddenly exists. And the one that I thought existed vanished. <laughs> so it's like, there's all kinds of abracadabra going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a mind game. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Now, you said something earlier, you said uh, that you about if you finally found out who you were and um i think you said uh you found people that you look like yeah yeah i look like that side of the family yeah it that's that's also a cool feeling isn't it well that's what that was sort of that whole like okay it makes sense now right like right i know i'm weird but i'm not just weird it's like <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's like, like, I know I'm an oddball. I know that I never really fit in with my family. And that's why I'm so disappointed that they won't give me the opportunity to know them. Because I bet I have a lot in common with them as far as genetic attributes. Yeah. Right? And just looking at some of the history I learned through the book, right, that my aunt wrote, and what I could do by Dr. Google, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just putting pieces together. I mean, I guess my biological grandfather had a lobotomy. Oh, wow. And so mental illness clearly runs on that side of the family. Okay. okay. Um, I have a daughter who's bipolar. And we all suffer from depression, my kids and I. Okay, clinical depression. And it definitely comes from that side of the family. Yeah. <laughs> like, no doubt about that. That's genetic, you know? And, um, but is it, is it, is it, is it comforting for you? I, I, I mean, despite, yes. uh, yeah, yes. is it comforting not, to know where to, it came it's from? It's not an awkward conversation for me. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I just wanted, I wanted to phrase it correctly, you know? Yeah, it's very comforting. That's part of that whole like tie the loose ends together. Right. It's like all this crappy crap. That's right. Right? Yeah. At least starts to make a little bit of sense. And all you have to do is change your perspective to change your life, right? So it's just another change of perspective. And it's, it's I'm able to flip the whole script on you're just an outsider. You're an outcast. You don't belong. You don't fit in. Um, you think, act smell, look, whatever it yeah. is different from everybody in your life. Okay. And you know, you've been, you've been punished for things you never did. You've been singled out, you've been picked on, you've been persecuted by your own family, 
but there's a reason for it. Now, right. it doesn't justify any of it. And a lot of people don't understand that, right? But it's like, oh, okay. So if my father knew, because mom was pregnant when she said, oh, by the way. Right. Okay, I believe he knew before that. I believe the reason they got married was he was covering her back. She was pregnant before they got married. Okay. okay? I believe my dad knew. And I believe he married her to make everything okay. And it was during the Vietnam War. And it, right? Like, I just I just think my dad did the right thing. And his parents never liked her. They, they said once she wasn't fit to piss on. Like, there's some weird stuff. Yeah. Right? But And it just all starts to make sense. And you just yes, go, oh, it does. Oh, oh. And so I love the conversation. I love talking to people who get it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Which is why I do this. I mean, I, I love, yeah, I love I bringing it. people on to share stories. And, I, and so, there's just subtle things. Like, uh, I, I was just talking to my wife about this. Uh, just how grandparents treated me and, and not necessarily, not necessarily in a bad way, just different. I was treated differently. I think they all knew. Yeah. And, and and some of those stories are very good stories, very loving stories. It was still different. And, and I can look back now and see why it was different. Uh, and it just having all those, that's goes back to the question I asked you in the beginning about, I, I personally, I, I'm glad to know this. I wish I would have known sooner. That's the thing. I think everybody at the age of 18 has a right to know their genetic, uh, their, their genetic family. But uh, I'm glad that I know. I, I couldn't, the, the thought of living a lie scares me. It just terrifies me. Yeah. So I'm glad I have answers to those things. And it's it, not that it hasn't been painful. It has been painful. And, uh, and, but it's helped me grow. And, and a lot of the, the tools and, and skills that I have from overcoming previous trauma helped me deal with this. And some people don't have that, which is, why I do what I do. I know that's exactly why you do what you do to help people who have yet to, to learn some of these things and develop some of these things. I, but I, I wouldn't change it. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I know I really am. So, yeah. So when I said you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. Right. And I said, you know, I probably would if I could. Um, only because it, created so much pain right right yeah the knowing i'm so glad i know and how cool is it that like i got my brains from both sides of the family like that's cool you know yeah. like my mom's super 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 smart you know but but like that side of the family and i think i'm the most successful one out of all his kids so that's really cool too you know <laughs> Because maybe I wouldn't have been as successful. I probably wouldn't, I would have had different trauma, right? So clearly that's a traumatized family. Yeah. So let's, I, I, let's, hit, let's, let's, we got about 13 minutes left. Oh. Let's, let's hit this point right here. Different trauma. So many people, it, it's human nature to, for people to say, I wish this never would have happened I, or I wish I would have, you know, whatever. But there is always, first of all, you, your birth certificate father can never be your biological father because conception happens in one 
small point of time. And there's so the, the conditions have to be so right that it's like, I think it's one in 270 million to like the 10 billionth power. It's something ridiculous. You can't even factor the odds of conception. So your birth certificate father could never be your biological father. It's the first thing I tell people. But- I'm also glad. Look, my sister died from cystic fibrosis. Two genes had a match. Okay. Yeah. I would have probably, I wouldn't be here talking to you. My sister right. died at 47. Okay. So right. I, I would have had the same genetic mutation and I'd be dead. So, so right. I'm glad he's right. not my dad. Right. The other thing is, is that if, if, if I would have met my biological father when I was younger, there's no telling what kind of trauma that situation could have come from because the information that I get now is still filtered through other people's lenses. And my, my biological father has been dead since 2004. So, and, and I, and I've heard some not pleasant things about him, but that we're all people and that's human and and it's going to happen, but we still get the, usually get the best version of people after they die. And so, and even if we just don't know is the point, we just don't know. And it could have been way more traumatic than the things that happened in my lifetime. So there's no point in dwelling on any of that. I'm just, I'm just grateful for the way things are now. That's, that's the only thing that I can, I can rely on. So I'm with you there and, and yeah, and that's why I said it, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's not quite the same as the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. Right. Right. But it's the only one, you know, (laughs) so So it's the only one, you know, and yeah, I had a lot of trauma. Okay. But who's to say that in a different skip in time, it wouldn't have still been a lot of trauma. It would have been maybe different trauma Yeah. or maybe there would have been a different kind of an accident, or maybe I would have been discarded or whatever. At least I was raised to the best of my parents' ability, okay? So I do believe they did the best they could, whether there were things that were flat out wrong and and horrible or not, they didn't do them intentionally, just like I didn't do them intentionally, right? I never once as a parent went, oh, this will really screw my kid up. I better go in deep. Like that was never, you know, and I did plenty of, oh my God, you gotta be kidding, you did that? Because we just didn't know, right? But but that's the whole thing with NPE is like, why are there so many? There were no tests. Yeah. That's why yeah. there's so many. And that's why generations are finding out because this has been going on forever. Everybody's right. with the mailman. I mean, that's the oldest, you know, oh, the milkman, did you sleep? You know, I, that's what they used to say to me. I was the milkman's kid because <laughs> I didn't look like anybody, right? And I was like, wow, mom, you know, the milkman, you couldn't have gone for like, the gardener. I mean, like it was a joke, you know? Yeah. And there's a reason it was the joke. I mean, it was a thing. Yeah. Well, and we just, this has been going on for thousands of years, really. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just, they're just getting caught. And some of these, some of these older generations and the old, I think it's also important to note a lot of the older generation. And I I don't know how old your parents are. um, Uh, 75-ish. So, and that's close. The, the people older than them didn't tell their business. Well, look, kept, my grandma certainly their, didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kept their secret. They didn't, they didn't talk about their business. Just what that, the great, the people we call the greatest generation from the world war II people, veterans uh, 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 that 
they did they just didn't talk about it and mm-hmm. so if they if something if, if a woman got pregnant at 15 in 1928 they handled it as quietly as they could and they just didn't talk about it later on and and so this is a di- it's a different time we live in and it's important to get people to understand that too because but how many slaves were impregnated by their master yeah like yeah i mean really like this has been going on forever yeah yeah it really has but it's um my last guest that i had on here they uh they run a, an organization called the right to know and they are lobbying for legislative changes all over the country to get people to um to disclose they actually had a great a great idea that i love they they want four names on the birth certificate and uh two two biological parents and two legal parents they may they may be the same people they may not be the same people but i i think that's a fascinating idea but that also depend that also assumes that the birth mother tells the truth Well, and I did, you know, I did try to, I did try to bring it back around. I did try to bring it back around and pin them a little bit with. So, should we get everyone mandatory tested? That that's a huge hornet's nest. Never happened. Yeah, Um, but you know, we we've got a long road, but something has to change because of the way things are set up. It's just not. It's just not ideal, and this is causing way more damage. And even for even for people who keep the secret, even. I don't think people understand once you once you tell a small lie long enough, it becomes a really big lie. And the bigger it becomes, the harder the damage is on everybody, including the person who's telling that lie. And so we have these people who thought their secret would never come out. And they and so there was no reason at that point. You get to a certain point where you feel like there's no reason to go back and tell the truth. As hard as that is to hear. You know, I, I I wish I would have known at 18, but by the time I got to 30, there's probably no reason to ever really tell me, to be honest, until until these type of things happen. So we just have to do something differently. And I don't have the answers, but something we ha- we do have to do something differently. I mean, I think really from a medical standpoint, I think it's super important. Um, yeah, because so much is passed through our genes. Um, I think also, you know, what we know about epigenetics, it's important, right? Because we can change our DNA through our brains. I mean, we can change it. And um, the work you do and the work I do, I mean, we help people to do that, right? And so at least if you know what you're dealing with, <laughs> you can heal that trauma and that that whole string of crap that you're dealing with. You, you know how and what you're facing. And it's not just, you're not just being blindsided because I think the blindsided is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. The one benefit about it though, is that I tell people that there are people that spend uh, decades and thousands of dollars in therapy just to get to this point where we are, where we're, I mean, we're looking at, we're forced to look in a mirror at something that that most people don't want to look at. And that's what, that's what therapy is supposed to do over a slow process. And this just rips the bandaid off right now. And we have, we have to deal with it. I think in the longer run, in the long run, I think we're better off. Um, but it sure is a painful experience up front. So I would agree from a better off, I, you know, I would agree, like it's okay, but there's not enough information in the world to dealing with 
that trauma and the shame around it, right? And so I, one of my real, real skills is to defeat shame. Like I can do it quickly with somebody, okay? Like it's a real skill. And I think the shame is, is like the hardest part. And there's just not enough information about MPEs. Yeah, agreed. But it's so shameful. I mean, just, you feel dirty. It, yeah, it does. And there's, a, you know, there's that whole, that, that whole bastard stigma that comes back from, from the middle medieval period when mm-hmm. uh, the church would acknowledge a, a child as a, a legitimate or illegitimate and that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I, we, I, we still have some carryover and that that's one of the things that we need aside from the legislation, we have to work on that type of thing. And the, you know, just the awareness and um, which, which is why we're doing this. You know, it's really interesting. So, you know, the foundation I, I founded, Bridges to Bravery, um, I hadn't really thought about how this kind of it gets implicated in with that emerging adult sector that we're looking to support. And my guess is it's going to become a bigger issue than really we're talking about it. So I'm actually glad, like, that this is back on the horizon for me, back on the forefront of my thinking. And I didn't realize there were all these people doing all of this work. Like I would love to be involved in some of it and I didn't even know what was going on. So even if you just look at how much information can be, like the right to know and you know, um, the work that you said uh, Paulette and Bobby are doing and like, I didn't even know about any of that. So like, it's important to find out all these things. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, and I can, I, I'd like to fill you in on all that. So outside of here, let's reconnect and, and I'll, I'll introduce you to some people. You know people. how to find me. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm actually, I I'm actually teaching, I, I work for the association of trauma recovery coaching and I'm actually teaching the NPE class with, uh, Ooh. Dr. Bethel. Um, and I, I actually with her and uh, another person of mine, uh, that's a social worker, we actually put together an entire seven part series on the MP experience that were, were interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll connect you with all that information. So, as well. Yeah. I would love to know that because also, because I just, um, put together a digital course, um, to actually defeat shame and figure out your identity. And I, it's not all about MPE, but it's really about figuring out some of those roots to who you are in a really quick, efficient way. And I just wonder if there's some overlap. So I'm, I am curious to find out some more. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, I'd, li- I'd like to, I'd like for you and I to have some off-camera conversations about all this. Uh, and I can fill you in on the things that I'm doing because okay. I'm, I'm doing a lot of this identity stuff for sure. But um, okay. I, I, I what a great, con- yeah. What a great conversation. I'm glad you came. Is there anything you want to say before we go? Uh, my, my typical be wild, be weird and be well. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, one of the, one of the, People watching wants to know if you're related to Joan Cusack. She says she sees similarities. <laughs> Joan, uh, Joan and John Cusack, they're oh. from the 80s. I know who John Cusack is. Yeah. It's his sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm not. Do I look like her? I've been told I look like Bette Midler. I can uh, see that. Tina Turner. Uh, Joan Cusack's a new one. Uh, what, they're Joan and John, or is it the same person just in drag? No. They're. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together. That's a question. Uh, anyway. Investigator Google. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I appreciate you joining me, Sherry. And I'll, I'll send you an email and let's, uh, let's connect let's soon. Reconvene. Okay. Thanks. Nice All right. Time. Have a good night.
Okay, take care. Thanks. All right, bye-bye.